Welcome everyone to Fish Believe, a podcast about fishermen, which are also known as the world's greatest liars. I'm your host, Jonas Schweitzer, and thank you for joining us today. Each week, me and a guest will discuss some of our favorite fishing experiences, and then you, the listener, will get to choose whether you believe us or not. This week, we will be telling our best sturgeon and gar stories for part two of our dinosaur episode series. Joining me is my brother, Isaac Schweitzer, and he is one of my longest fishing buddies. Welcome, Isaac. How are you? Thanks. Doing well, doing well. Well, this is Isaac's first time on a podcast, so um, he's, he's excited to be with us today, and um, I'm excited to be talking about sturgeon and gar with you. So to get started, um, we're going to kind of introduce what sturgeon and gar are, which some of you guys may not have, never have heard about sturgeon or gar, um, so we're going to introduce them. Sturgeon are there's 27 species worldwide so they are all over they're all over the world and um, there's two species here in america the or not not two species sorry there's two species here in indiana which are the lake sturgeon and the shovel nose sturgeon um, the lake sturgeon can get absolutely massive these fish can grow to be eight feet long and pretty close to 200 pounds and are, are some of the longest living fish species on the planet they they can grow to be about a hundred years old, and being eight feet long, uh, they kind of look like a shark in the water. They have uh, really, really big heads, and they actually have these bony scoots. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like if you flipped your dinner plates upside down and just like put them along the back of a shark, and basically gave shark like an armor. Uh, that's what sturgeon are. Then they have these really big tails that look exactly like shark tails. And then their mouths are on the bottom of their head, so they kind of feed on the bottom. So they, they eat crawdads, they eat worms on the bottom and bugs off the bottom, and then they eat any dead fish that they can scavenge. And then the shovel-nosed sturgeon doesn't get that big. The world record is actually 10 pounds, 12 ounces. But strangely enough, the Indiana state record is 14 pounds, 8 ounces. So I'm not quite sure what's going on there and why the Indiana record isn't recognized as the world record but I just thought that was a nice little interesting tidbit there so the shovel nose sturgeon doesn't get as big and they're a little different because it literally looks like they have a shovel on their face because their face is just so flat and their eyes are on the top of their head doesn't it look like they have a shovel on their head Isaac it definitely does they're definitely a lot wider than than their sturgeon cousins as far as their nose goes for sure yeah so their their nose is super wide and pointy and it's just flat um, and they are, they're a little more spiny, a little more bony than the lake sturgeon. Lake sturgeon, once they get bigger, their scoots kind of wear down a little bit just from, from, you know, being, being 80 years old or 60 years old or however old these fish are. So, um, the shovel nose sturgeon don't, they're a lot sharper and a lot, you have to be a lot more careful with them when you catch them. Um, moving on to our, uh, second species, sorry, not species, second group of fish we're talking about is the gar. So the gar are pretty darn primitive they're dinosaurs just like the sturgeon oh, i forgot to mention that but yeah um the gar have been around since the dinosaurs i mean they are they are survival of the fittest and they have evolved and continue to still live in our waterways and thrive in all of our waterways throughout the country uh, in indiana we have three species the long-nosed gar the short-nosed gar and the spotted gar um, the long-nosed gar is the one that gets the largest which a big long nose gar is about 50 inches, and the state record is about 22 pounds. So they can get quite large 
uh, and pretty scary, actually. I mean, if you see a 50-inch fish in the water where you're swimming, and uh, it's got, and it's super, yeah, it can be kind of frightening. Imagine, like, one of your little siblings swimming in the water, and there's a 50-inch fish just swimming right next to him. It can be kind of startling. Um, the short-nosed gar and the spotted gar don't get super big, but they can get to be about 30 inches is their biggest. And uh, the short-nosed gar is very, like, clean and where it's, like, pretty grayish-brown. But the spotted gars, they're so pretty because they can either be jet black, which is a weird little color morph that they have, or they just literally have spots all over their body, and they're really easy to identify. Um, but they have really short kind of... The short nose and the spotted gars, they have really short noses. And the long nose gar has just a really skinny long nose. It's almost like a pencil just attached to the to their face. Um, but what I forgot to mention, and probably the coolest thing about the gar, is their teeth. Well, how can you describe their teeth, Isaac? The which gar? Uh, the long nose. Well, I mean they're all kind of they're all kind of similar. Uh well. They're not razor sharp as you'd think, but they're sharp enough to cut you up and uh they definitely they don't they don't cut lines super easy, but we've had our fair share of times where, you know, it snaps off on hook's head just because there's so many of them. And uh it makes it hard to catch them for sure, but they just have their mouth is full of hundreds of them and they don't really break off too easy either as they get older, so they almost get they almost get sharper as they get older, but yeah, it's just tons and tons of sharp teeth in their mouth it's kind of crazy you don't really see anything else like that i honestly wonder how much like if, if someone took the time to count the amount of teeth in a gar how much they would come up with i think that'd be pretty pretty funny to see um some more stuff about the sturgeon that i forgot to mention that i think is pretty cool um in america the lake sturgeon that gets really big they um they've been almost wiped out or they used to back in the old days in the 1900s um they were commercially fished for their caviar, which in a lot of places around the world, sturgeon are still fished for their caviar. And unfortunately, you have to kill them if you want to eat their caviar, which the caviar is just the eggs of the female sturgeon. Um, so you'd catch these female sturgeon. Pe rich people will literally eat the eggs of these fish, and it's a delicacy for a lot of people. So um, there's a species in Russia that is almost extinct just because they've been fished so heavily for their caviar. Um... And then the gar, they're not very well liked. As Isaac mentioned a little bit, um, they kind of cut your line a lot. They've got those super sharp teeth. And um, some people, you know, they might be fishing for a different fish species. And then a gar will come along and bite your bait. And then your line snaps. And now you're frustrated. You lost a hook. You lost some lures. You lost a bait. It can be frustrating. Um, and when you're fishing for gar, their mouths are so bony, it's really hard to get a hook set. So... Um, you might see one and then you think you're going to catch him and then he just kind of uh, gets off the hook and you don't even know why. You think you did everything you could as an angler um, to, to get it. But all right. Well, with that little brief introduction of what a sturgeon and gar is, um, I highly encourage um, all you listeners to look up some pictures of them. Uh, they're really, really cool fish species that really haven't changed much over the last tens of thousands of years. So it's really, really cool to see them and to be able to fish for them uh, and to really, when you catch them, you're holding a dinosaur, which I think is just pretty darn cool. So let's get right to it. Um, we're going to start off telling our sturgeon stories, and uh, I think a good place to start would be my first interaction I've ever had with uh, sturgeon was lake sturgeon. So I did my freshman year of college up in a school in Wisconsin in uh, Stevens Point, 
And so I was part of the American Fishery Society while I was up there, and they had a, a club event in the spring where they were helping the Wisconsin DNR as we were going to uh, help them collect the eggs and the sperm from these sturgeon and help them and bring them to the hatchery so they could make more sturgeon and keep stocking the lakes and the waters of Wisconsin. And so we go to this river and there's a big dam there and sturgeon are a migratory species. So when they are getting ready to spawn and um, have babies, they migrate all together in these large schools and they congregate at this dam because they go up this river. It's actually the, I believe it's the Wolf River and it comes out of Lake Winnebago, which is one of the strongholds for lake sturgeon. There's a very high population of lake sturgeon there, which um, a cool thing to look up would be sturgeon spearing, actually. There's an old Native American um, tradition where you spear sturgeon through the ice while you ice fish for them. And it's, it's a pretty, pretty astounding sight to see. So I encourage you to look that up. Um, but like I was saying, the, these sturgeon get stopped at this dam. And so we're there with our school and with the group. And there are just thousands of sturgeon. And these fish are massive. I I really, I knew they got big. But once I saw them up close in person, these fish are bigger than me. They're heavier than me. And I, and I was supposed to help catch them and help wrangle them. I, I, was, I was shocked at what we were doing. But it could not have been more fun. So we basically had these giant nets. And... Like when I say these fish are everywhere, I mean these fish are everywhere. These five foot long fish are just swimming in like 10 inches of water. And it's just crazy because they do this every year. And the place where we were helping the DNR was a park. It was called Sturgeon Park. And there were lines of the public just sitting there watching these sturgeon. And it was a community event. It was really cool to be a part of and see just a different... Uh, aspect of a community in Wisconsin that I had never seen before in Indiana before. So um, they gave us these giant nets and we would basically just try to get the nose of the fish in the net and then scoop up. And so we're scooping up these fish and they're like 50, 60, 70 inches long. Uh, the biggest one that I netted personally was 73 inches and it took me and a whole other buddy just to hold this fish. I mean, that fish is longer than you is, Isaac. That's, I mean unbelievably cool fish and we would help the DNR also by uh, tracking these fish because they wanted to see where these fish were going so they had this cool little sensor that they would check to see if the fish already had a tag in it and if the tag wasn't there they would insert a tag it's a GPS tag so they can see where this fish is going back at their office on the computer at all times so um, it was unbelievably fun where we would catch these sturgeon in the nets, get a chance to handle them, and just be in their presence because these are some of the coolest fish in the world, and there's not a whole lot of them out there, really. Uh, they're pretty hard to catch on rod and line, and just being able to hold one was uh, quite the quite the feat for me. Um, but the coolest part about this was that there was a volunteer firefighter who he loved doing this so much, loved helping the DNR with the sturgeon, that he was in his wetsuit, and so he's in the water. I mean, this is moving river water coming out of a dam. And can you imagine, Isaac, he was in this water, literally stepping around, and he was placing his feet on the ground, and if he felt a sturgeon, he was picking up the sturgeon with his feet. That is pretty crazy. Literally picking the sturgeon up with his feet and then diving down in the water, bear-hugging it with two hands, and then he was r walking over. These five-foot-long fish are just 
trying to jump out of his hands, and he's coming over and put places him in our nets. And he probably did that a hundred times. We caught a hundred sturgeon that day, and I think he caught a hundred of them just doing that. And I, I mean, that's something that'll just stick with me forever. And I mean, I don't know if there's a cooler way that you can catch fish, in my opinion, just picking them up with your feet. <laughs> Pretty darn crazy. Um, so yeah, that one that that was a really cool experience, and I encourage you guys if uh, you ever want to take a vacation in the spring and. March or April, whenever the sturgeon are spawning, going to Sturgeon Park uh, in Shawano, Wisconsin. It was really, really cool to see it. Um, just an environmental phenomenon that uh, you really can't see anywhere else in the world. So, um, with that, Isaac, do you have any sturgeon stories you'd like to share? Uh, I definitely don't have a whole lot of experience with sturgeon, being as they're a harder fish to catch, especially from our area, being from central Indiana. But, um, uh, I've been trying for a few years now to get some shovel-nosed sturgeon out of our home river in Lafayette and have failed up until this point. Heard many locals catch them in the spring when they run shallow, but out of all the hundreds of fish I've caught out of it, the Wabash the past few years, we can't seem to get one, but we'll get one here soon, I, I, I think. But um, only sturgeon I have caught is a lake sturgeon, and that was real tiny. The smallest one of the trip is around 14 inches long. Um, caught them at a... Caught him on the tailwaters of a dam on a night crawler at about 12, 12 a.m. at night. So that was really cool to be able to night fish for sturgeon. And regardless of the size, I knew there was bigger ones in there. And it was cool just to catch them and hold them. And honestly, they're really hard to hold. So you can really hurt yourself not holding them right because their spines are so sharp when they're small like that. Um, but it was just a beautiful fish. And I was like catching new species. So it was a blast for me. And I hope to further my sturgeon knowledge and catch a lot more in the future but yeah yeah one of the there's not really you can't really be an expert on sturgeon fishing i don't really think so uh really the best way people say is just oh put a put a whole bunch of worms on a hook and just throw it out there but the problem with that is that other species get to it first uh especially in the wabash like a gar, like a drum or a catfish will get to it first but uh where did you catch that sturgeon isaac uh, that was in the Namakegan River in uh, Trigo, Wisconsin. Uh, the spillway coming out of uh, Trigo Lake and feeding into the Namakegan River is where those fish like to hole up. They like dams and fast current and deep holes behind fast current. And so the dams are some of their favorite habitats, as Jonah mentioned before. So, Yeah, and that place is we, – we've started – we're actually we're actually recording this podcast today in our cabin uh, up in Spooner, Wisconsin. So um, sometime this weekend, we're going to go sturgeon fishing and try to catch some more. Um, I actually caught my very first sturgeon uh, this summer uh, with a buddy of mine, and I was fishing that same spot. Isaac caught his first one, but I got really super lucky, and I caught one of the big ones. Um, me and my friend were fishing there, and it was the spring, so they were all spawning, and there were like five or six footers that would swim right in front of us and the water's so clear they would swim right in front of us and we'd try to put our bait in front of them and they would not bite it they're you know what they're focused on spawning they're focused on finding their mate but i was able to throw you know i got lucky i threw a big hunk of night crawler on a hook and just threw it out there and uh, was able to get a 43 inch lake sturgeon which took me about 15 minutes to reel in he got me hooked around some rocks and everything and me and my friend had to get in the water and get him unhooked, and it was it was quite the quite the fish to catch, and I, I was I was surprised he fit in my net. 
uh, to be quite honest with you. So um, sturgeon are definitely uh, a fish that we need to take advantage of when we can, right? Like that's what we that's what we like to come up here and do is take advantage of the time we have in Wisconsin uh, at our family cabin to catch some fish we don't normally get to catch up in Indiana, or sorry, down in Indiana. Um, but yeah, the uh, next goal would be shoveling those sturgeon in the Wabash, wouldn't it? For sure. For sure, yeah. All right, so those are our sturgeon stories. I hope you liked them. Um, but I'm really excited for this next part is our stories about the gar because I know Isaac, and I know how he fishes, and he's got a, a lot of gar stories for you. Uh, I think I think a good one to start with is just you caught the state record, short-nosed gar, and then let it go like a crazy person. Like, what happened there? Well, uh, I was fishing with cut bait, targeting gar and catfish, really whatever decided to bite, but I know there's a good chance for gar and catfish when you fish the Wabash River, and I was in a deep hole and decided I wanted to upsize my bait a little bit, so I threw a live drum out there, and that drum was around six inches, so I was expecting a big flathead catfish, hopefully, maybe a big channel, but I caught a three-and-a-half-pound short-nosed gar, and I put it on my scale at red three pounds six ounces and it was I think it was about 25 inches I don't remember the length of it but it was 3.5 pounds and I didn't really think much of it because I've caught you know a lot of decent sized long nose before and I didn't really think three and a half pounds could be a record of any kind well threw it back in the water and I was like oh that seemed pretty big for a short nose and got back in the car with my buddy once we got cell signal I looked up the record and it was I think, I think I think it was two pounds it was in one actually it's it was about 112 one pound 12 ounce so I, I doubled the state record and I was pretty upset about it but also knew that I would have a chance to catch another one and I've actually caught a three pounder since then it just hasn't worked out that I've been able to register one and that's leads me to one of my goals for this year and it's getting pretty cold now but I think I can still pull it off I wanted to register one that was over three pounds because somebody just this year actually registered a two and a half pounder which is a little harder to beat but still definitely doable um so i definitely regret letting that fish go but you know it got to grow big it got to grow bigger and didn't die and so uh it makes me a little more eager to catch a bigger one and actually register it as well and i guess that leads me into my next story that i also caught a fish that would have been the state record for the long nose gar but unfortunately i snagged that one and it was caught illegally but um yeah you're just using a lure right yeah you're just using a lure using and a, accidentally hooked him using a jigging spoon and um trying to catch anything that wanted to bite and uh hooked into something huge i figured it was an asian carp because it was also the wabash river and if anybody knows the wabash they know it's infiltrated with tons of asian carp and so i got it in realized it was a gar realized how big it was and i was unbelievably shocked and pulled it up and unfortunately my phone died as soon as i got a picture so you I got, got one, one picture. One it's picture. pretty grainy, but you can tell it. It's almost as tall as me, and I put it on the scale, and it was 26 pounds, which was unreal. I knew that was a record, but obviously the Indiana State record is 22. 22 so. pounds, so I I upped that record as well, but I didn't catch it in the mouth. It didn't go for my lure, so and yeah, that wouldn't count anyways. And I was not about to lie about that, but um, also that just. I feel like I've had one hook that is similar in size before. It actually went for my bait. This was in the Wildcat Creek, so this is another story. But uh, cut bait on a bobber, I've seen one. You know, you see tons of gar swimming around because 
sight fishing gar is one of the most fun things to do because they like to they like to swim towards the surface I, we don't really know why but we will come to these deep holes in the river and then you'll see you think you're seeing floating sticks and it turns out they're gar yeah well especially smaller creeks when you see a big fish like that it stands out amongst all the little ones so i saw one that i believe to be 20 plus pounds close to state record size just dwarfing all of the other ones and actually took my bait and i was trying to be smart about it let him have it for five minutes and set the hook and only got him a couple feet before he spit it and that just is a testimony to what jonah said how hard they are to hook you probably you're probably a pretty good gar fisherman if you can get one out of every five actually hooked and landed sometimes one out of ten is what you can expect on a daily because getting them to bite is not the hard part getting them to stay on is the hard part they will they're very opportunistic feeders they will pretty much eat whatever goes in front of them um they're not the smartest but they definitely are smart at not getting caught so i definitely hope to be able to break one of those state records in the mouth going for my lure and be able to register it but uh you know other than that i don't have a ton of other gar stories i've caught my fair share on night crawlers cut bait even meps um like i said gar eat most things but Landing them is pretty rewarding feeling because you miss a lot of them and it gives your spirits down. But um, yeah, just they're a great fish to fish for and they're honestly pretty underrated because nobody really targets them. But they're really fun to to go after and chase. It's it's a pretty good way to to do the sport justice. So. Well, I'll tell you what, I was fishing for gar a couple weeks ago. I don't know if I told you this or not, but. Uh, I was fishing for gar and I was on this creek and there were a bunch of people that were floating down the creek on inner tubes and stuff And this one guy asked me he goes hey, what are you fishing for and I go gar and he goes Why are you fishing for gar? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and I kind of chuckled. And I'm like well Because they're fun. And he goes what no they're they cut my line every time I hate gar mm -hmm. and that right there just kind of shows you uh just kind of shows you the the disconnect that a lot of people have with these fish and the dislike they have to them, but uh, they're, they're some of my favorite fish to catch. I think, I think Isaac's stories are all pretty believable. You know, he caught a three and a half pound short nosed gar that would have been the state record and let it go. But, uh, and then he snagged a huge one and we have all photo evidence of all of this. But the one thing we forgot to get photo evidence was the biggest one that I caught was at, uh, Fort Wyatnon. You remember that? And the crazy thing that we didn't get photo evidence was I caught this fish, but I didn't really hook it in the mouth. So I was, I was fishing with live bait with a live fish, and I, and you know, fish bit the line, and I thought I hooked into this fish, and we're fighting, and we get it in, we get it in the net, and it's huge. It's a 47-inch long-nosed gar, my biggest ever, and I've only caught one long-nosed gar, so I haven't caught another one since. But we started looking a little closer, and the hook wasn't even in the mouth. Remember how I lassoed it? It was wrapped around. That happens often when, especially with long nose gar, they like to they like to grab their bait and almost do a gator roll with it, where it it takes them forever to get their food down, and that's another reason why it's hard to hook them. So I've actually had that happen twice on different occasions. My first ever gar was caught the same way. The hook was barely in him, but the line was wrapped around his nose two or three times. So that's enough to bring him in, and so. I think that still counts as a catch as far as sport fishing goes. But, I would say so. Um, it went for our bait, and we landed it, regardless of how that happened. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely interesting that they do that with the way they eat. Yeah, I, w I was so surprised because I had – my hook wasn't even in the fish's mouth. It was 
the line was wrapped around his nose twice and then the hook caught the line that was already wrapped around him so I was super duper surprised when that happened um but luckily I luckily that was my personal best that I was able to catch and uh it's a memory I'm gonna have for a while that it I wish we would have got a picture of the lasso but getting the picture of the fish after that was uh really nice too um I guess I got one more one more gar story for you guys before we finish up here uh and I think it's one of my favorites and uh one that I, I can share with a bunch of my cousins uh we were fishing in a little creek and we're catching a bunch of small gar so we're catching like 20 inch short noses and a couple of spotted gar here and there and, and then all of a sudden uh we see this really really big long nose gar like i'm talking about a 50 inch long nose gar and i have my lure on and i look at my cousins i'm like hey, hey there he is there he is there he is we've been looking for him all day and so i throw my lure to him and then what do you know as soon as it hits the water he bites it and i realize oh wait this is my pole that has six pound line on it and i'm probably not going to be able to catch him so he has his my lure in his mouth and I literally look to my cousins and I go, I gave this five seconds before it snaps my line. <laughs> and what do you know, the fish takes off with my bait, does one shake of his head, and his line, and his teeth snap my line easier than anything I've ever had snap my line before. And it was just an absolute heartbreaker. But just the fact that I was able to tell my cousins, hey, this is going to happen, and it happened directly after I said it was just something that I'll, I'm always going to hang on to with that gar story. So, um, I've been fishing that spot a lot, trying to get that fish back, but I haven't seen him since. So, um, he's still in there and we're going to get him here soon. Um, but yeah, those are our, those are our stories. I hope you guys liked them. And, um, so to finish off tonight, we're going to, we're going to kind of talk about our goals, our fishing goals for sturgeon and gar. So for me, um, I caught that 43-inch sturgeon this summer, so my next goal is going to be a 50-inch lake sturgeon, uh, and that will probably be about a 20-pound fish, so I'm really, really looking forward to doing that and getting that accomplished, um, but it would be really nice to catch my very first shovel-nose sturgeon as well, and uh, that's something that we've been trying to do in the Wabash River, which they actually kind of, there's kind of a good population of them there, but it's really hard to catch them because the other fish will get to the bait first, so... Uh, I'm really looking forward to getting a shovel nose sturgeon. Uh, but for the gar, uh, I want to get a 50-inch long nose. Um, I've only caught the one long nose, and that was probably four or five years ago when I caught that one. And haven't caught one since. Uh, I've been close a couple times, but haven't got one. And then uh, I want to get a 30-inch spotted gar. Um, there's been some big spots that uh, we've caught this summer. I caught a 26-inch spotted gar this summer, and uh, I want to try to get a 30. I think that'd be a really cool fish. And just the spotting and the coloring of spotted gar is just so pretty. And I think having a fish that big with that kind of coloring uh, would be really, really beautiful. Uh, and it'd be a really cool goal to accomplish. Isaac, what about you? What, what, what do you have for goals for sturgeon and gar? Uh, I would definitely just say that I'd like to catch a shovel nose sturgeon. Uh, it would mean the most in my home river just because I've been trying for it for a while. And... Uh far as sturgeon go i'd obviously like to catch a bigger lake sturgeon maybe i can get that done this weekend hopefully if all works out um as far as gar go i think i definitely want to catch my first spotted gar i've been trying for that for a while i've i've hooked a few and just unfortunately haven't been landing them just because of how difficult it is but uh 
I know where to go to find them and uh, hopefully before it gets too cold I can get on a couple or wait until the spring even uh, and then, like I said I just like to register a state record even I don't really have a preference if it's a long nose or a short nose both are impressive and um, I just say try to the overall just try to hone in on our skills and figure out the best way to increase our hookup ratios so I think that's definitely important other than that that's about it for me yeah absolutely I think I think just you know fishing is a, such a trial and error sport you know you gotta see what works for you and see how what the best way of doing it and best way to go about it is so I think that would be a, a good overall goal for me as well not having those you know the size goals for the fish but a good overall goal would just be uh, figuring out the best way to catch them that works for us so um, with that that concludes our episode today so thank you so much for joining us today uh, thank you to Isaac uh, for bringing your expertise and your knowledge and all your stories I think I think that is uh, a lot of your stories have really helped us today so next week we're going to be talking about our whiskered friends the catfish and hopefully Isaac will join us again next week uh, we're going to maybe try to get another friend to join us and see if we can get some of his stories too so um, you heard our fish stories this week do you believe us See you next week on Fish Believe.